Help support our coverage using Blueberry, the community that gives creators the ability to make money, get detailed audience measurements, and host their audio and video. Get 30 days to try out the service using promo code BLUEBERRY004. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y-004. Well, we have our next guest here. Hello. Greetings. Pleasure being here. Go ahead and introduce yourself for me. Sure. I'm Cornell. I'm the CEO and founder of Lumen, where we build glasses that empower the blind to live a better life. Well, that's a fantastic goal. How do you accomplish it? Well, basically, you have 40 million people blind in the world, but only 28,000 guide dogs helping them. Because to train a guide dog is $70,000, and it's a lot of work for a blind individual. So what we do is we created the Lumen glasses, we call them, that replicate the main features of a guide dog without the drawbacks that make the guide dog a non-scalable solution. So we use self-driving technology, scale down to a headset which you can comfortably wear, and it does exactly what a guide, does, guide dog does. So a guide dog will pull your hand, avoid you from obstacles, keep you on the sidewalk. It does all of that and even more. But rather than pulling your hand as a guide dog, we actually pull your head. So we use our patented haptic feedback interface. It just feels like something is holding your head and it's pulling you in a direction which you have to go, avoiding you from obstacles, keeping you safe. Immensely intuitive, very hard to describe in words how it feels. Yeah, because obviously that comes across sounding crazy. Well, until you test it. Right, exactly. Verbally, I can't imagine that it could possibly do it justice. (laughs) Well, we tested with over 250 blind individuals uh, internationally. It works incredibly. We already, uh, already surpassed what a guide dog can do. And it's something which we're putting on the market end of this year towards empowering the other 39 million blind people which cannot have a guide dog. Wow. So how... What are we looking for? What what kinds of things can it alert to sure. and search for? So I, w- I will give you an analogy with the guide dog. I think that's the, the best thing I can do. So a guide dog, you can ask the guide dog to take you to a particular place or to guide you generally. And the guide dog will do this by pulling your hand. So it pulls your hand, avoids you from obstacles, etc. We do exactly the same. So you can ask the device to just guide you and keep you away from obstacles. So you can ask the device to take you back home or to take you to an empty seat or to the door or to the stairs. And the device will do this. It will determine where all of those obstacles where the, the destination is, will guide you there, avoiding you, computing 100 times per second where the obstacles are and everything, and taking you there just as a guide dog would do with that small thing that you will feel all the feedback on the head, on the forehead actually, and not somebody or some, something uh, pulling your hand. So there, obviously there are a couple of direct benefits. Mm-hmm. The lack of space, additional space that's taken up mm-hmm. by having a dog Definitely. pull you around. Which is interesting, but I really, I'm, I'm fascinated by the haptics. Sure. How did you decide that that was the way to go with this? So, well, I mean, the first thing which was clear for us is that you, we, you can't really use audio feedback too much. A blind person, they use their hearing a lot to understand what's happening. Yeah. So we don't want to create something which is uh, intrusive. We want to create something which is not intrusive, but it gives you enough information. And haptics was kind of a direction. And we tested all parts of the body and we determined that the most intuitive part is something around the head because you always can turn your head to re-understand the situation and everything. So that's, what, that's why how we decided to give feedback on the head and haptics was the quickest way of finding, of finding that. Sure, because when there's, when there's something, the first thing we do... Is turn your head. Okay. And so you're using haptics to encourage that behavior. 
basically we're using haptics to really represent the direction where you have to go. So always okay. keeping you away from obstacles. We're not representing where the obstacles are because that's just way too complicated for yeah. a person. It's sensory overload. Overload. Um, what we do is exactly what the guide dog does. The guide dog is not barking when there's an obstacle. It just guides me around. So we do exactly the same using haptics. We'll just feel how it's pulling you slightly to the left, slightly to the right, or more or, or less, in order to guide you away from obstacles, keeping you safe, determine like. For example, outdoor, a very complex challenge is to determine where there's like the sidewalk and the road because it has to work all over the world and everything. And we have, we worked like over a hundred years of engineering into the AI part of it in order to determine that, training in our own data sets and everything. So it's as good as a guide dog can be and even in some cases above what a guide dog can do. Okay. How did you decide that this was the thing you wanted to get into? I was born in a family of people with disabilities. I'm the only person without a disability in my family. And I'm from Eastern Europe, actually from Transylvania. And growing up there um, with, into a family of people with disability, first of all, it was really tough, but also it showed me how much technology can do, but also how little technology exists for people with disabilities. And when we saw that, first of all, the problem, but then the technology can actually do this. I coming from, from automotive, I was previously not autonomous driving. Uh, this, so I was developing lots of driving cars and everything. When we saw that, we understood, hey, we can do something better than what exists. And we began doing that. And now we're a team of 50 engineers and scientists working on this. So 50 plus at this point, uh, working on this for over three years. And we're putting it in the market very soon. That's really interesting that it came from a a family background yep. of disability combined with autonomous cars. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a unique intersection, and uh, we were the first in the world doing it. It's a really cool uh, problem to have, to have gone out to try and solve. Um, you said that we expect this uh, by the end of the year? So by end of the year, we're going to start selling in Europe, where we are from. And then beginning of next year, we're pushing towards the United States. But we're here, we are here at CS to do our first steps towards the U.S. market. Okay. Is that your primary goal here at the show? Our primary goal is to understand and to learn. That's our primary goal, to okay. learn how we can enter this market, to understand the dynamics of the market. We've been here before, and we're going to come many, many more times. <laughs> and CS, I mean, CS is the place to be for technology. We are here to see what moves around and what happens. And we already have, I mean, it's the first day of the show, but we already met over 70 different people. We had over 60 meetings today. So from 5 a.m., we're here working all the time in order to understand and to, you know, the end goal is very important. We want to help as many people as possible. And there are a lot of people here in the United States which we can help with our technology. That's a, that's a really great goal to have. Thank you. So uh, do we have an idea of what a price point on this might look like? This is something very important. It's not the blind who are going to pay for this. So all over the world, you have assistive technology reimbursement and subsidy programs which cover for such technology. For okay. example, in Europe, we're actually going to be free in most of the European countries. Okay. And we're targeting the same thing here in the United States. So we're looking at all the opportunities. So you have the VA, you have multiple health insurances and everything, which actually do cover for such a category of technology called assistive technologies. So we're looking at all of those in order to make sure that for our end user, which is the blind individual or the visually impaired person, this will be either free, either at a very low subsidized price. Okay. So you're trying to work across uh, different methods yep. to try and reduce the end unit cost yep. as much as possible. Yep. That's, that's really cool. So if people want more information about this and to uh, follow your journey sure. onto when it's available, how can they get that information? dotlumen.com so www.lumen.com 
www.eurocomputer.com. That's uh, that's basic. Or if you're a CS, we're in the European Pavilion in uh, in the Venetian Eureka Park Hall G, and come over so you can actually test it. Very cool. I definitely want to, because I want to feel that. Then come come over. I want to feel that pull. It's such an interesting concept that I feel like I have. to You see will have action. to be blindfolded. So we'll give you blindfolds for that. Okay. But that's part that's part of the deal in testing. I'm good with that. Perfect. Thank you so much. Very cool. Hopefully you'll have a good rest of your show. Thank you. The Tech Podcast Network CES 2024 coverage is executive produced by Michelle Mendez. Technical directors are Kurt Corliss and Adam Barker. Associate producers are Nancy Ertz, Clinton Millsap, Sergio Velasquez, and Terry Willingham. Voiceover by Aaron Hurst. Our hosts are Marlo Anderson, Don Bain, Todd Cochran, Scott Ertz, and Christopher Jordan. Studio and equipment are provided by Plug Hits Productions. This has been a Tech Podcast Network broadcast, copyright 2024.